diamonds, welcome back to The Diamond Life. I'm your host, Cheryl B. Tonight, I wanted to talk about something a little bit different. I'm going to call this episode, What's in Your Mind? Remember the commercial that said, What's in Your Wallet? Well, I want to talk about what's in your mind. So let me give you a little bit of background as to why I want to talk about this subject. So remember I talked about last time how I've been kind of peeling back layers, peeling back that onion layer. Well, in that peeling back, there has been a, an awakening. I'll put it to you that way. There's been an awakening. And that awakening has to do with what was in my mind and how that has been affecting my life. So some of what I'm going to talk about tonight, I wish that I would have had this information 20 years ago. But I'm not so sure if I would have had the information 20 years ago if I would have known what to do with the information. And I'm reading a very powerful book right now. It's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And I believe the author is Dr. Joseph Murphy. Uh, Let me get the author for you because I really think that if you're searching to do something better with your life, all of your changes start in the mind. Yes, it's the power of your subconscious mind and it is by Dr. Joseph Murphy. So in looking at what Dr. Murphy has been talking about, realistically, in my younger years, I did a lot of life sabotage. Now you might be thinking like, how so? How did you sabotage your life? Well, the changes that I needed to make and I did not make, I did not make them because I told myself a story and I was programmed with a story. And those stories just kept playing over and over and over in my head. Now, it wasn't like I was walking around every day 
and I'm reliving some of the things that I was programmed with. It's not like that at all. What I'm saying is, is that I was programmed with some stuff that in my subconscious, it just kept playing over and over because she accepted what the programming was. And so that manifested into me acting out what she had silently accepted. I was manifesting it on the outside. So I don't know if you can quite relate, but let me just try and clear it up and give you some better clarification about it. So for a long time, for a very, very, very long time, well, I'll put it to you this way. I've always been a little bit on the chunkier side. I'm less chunky now, <laughs> a lot less chunky now. But in my younger years, I was always heavy. So I can remember how unacceptable that was with my family. And not so much my older siblings because they were going on and, you know, living their own lives and doing their own things. But before my older sister moved out and she was home and she would do a lot of the cooking, even though she worked eight hours a day, she'd come home while staying at home because they had made this secret pact, I guess. And the pact was that she had to stay until I became uh, a teenager going to high school. So just a little historical fact, my older sister and I were 23 years apart. So we do have a brother in the middle, but my brother is also 20, 20 to 21 years older than I am. So you can see there's a wide spectrum and nobody in between, right? So she stayed home and so she cooked a lot and it wasn't the most healthiest stuff. Like we had, I mean, it was tasty. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we had the fried pork chops, the smothered pork chops. We had the fried chicken. I mean, we had the pot roast, the mashed potatoes, the whole nine yards, right? And so I'm eating what is supplied. And I would go in the room and I would eat with my sister. And my mother would get mad about that. And I remember one day uh, before I was in high school, she pulled me inside and she says, I need for you to stop eating in the room with your sister because you're just getting big. And I didn't know I was getting big. I mean, how many kids know that they're getting, you know, disproportionately larger? Nobody knows that. Especially when you're like 11, 12 years old, you're not paying attention to that. And she says, she just keeps feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. 
and you keep eating and eating and eating. Well, I mean, it was there to eat, right? It was all there to consume. So when my sister moved out, when I became a teenager and started going to high school in the ninth grade, I remember my mother seeing a Slim Fast commercial. And it was like, replace two meals with a shake and then eat a sensible dinner and you'll lose weight. So my mother started putting me on the Slim Fast diet. I don't know if any of you have ever been on a Slim Fast diet, but you can get awfully hangry. Like you're beyond hungry and you're angry, right? So you're hangry. And she would be like, we're going to get this weight off of you and you're going to be so pretty. Programming. Skinny is pretty. And fat is ugly. So now I'm thinking like, I don't look so good. I'm, I'm not pretty. And I would ask my father, daddy, I guess I'm not pretty. He's like, oh, you're my pretty little girl. You're pretty. You know, my mother was telling me a whole other different story. Now, let me tell you what she told her, my subconscious mind is that you are fat and ugly and nobody's going to ever want you. So therein lies the programming, right? I'll never forget it was like, I think it was my sophomore year or was my, no, no, no. It was my junior year, high school. So I decided to, you know, I've gone on and off to this slim fast thing and my mother was mad because my father was buying sodas. My sister was no longer in my house, but my mother was still cooking like my sister was when she was there. So there was no change in the eating lifestyle. So my junior year, I went through my junior year and then came summer. Well, I decided, okay, let me just, let me try and get pretty. Okay. Let me try and get pretty. So I went on that rigorous slim fast diet while school was out during the summer. And I came back my senior year much more slender. <laughs> um, I probably was wearing, when I was in my junior year, I probably was wearing probably about a 16, 18, and I came back wearing a size 14. So everybody's like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. You look so good. Again, programming. Weight loss makes you look better and prettier. So you fast forward and guess what? That programming stuck. So I started dating a man and subsequently lived with him for nine years. And what was his biggest complaint? That I was too heavy. And I was made to feel unpretty again. And I had to compete with 
all of the women he was having affairs with outside of our relationship. So when I finally got fed up and tired, and when a, let me tell you, Diamonds, when a woman gets fed up and tired, that's it. So when I finally got fed up and tired, and at that point in time, we were living in a place where I could kick him out. <laughs> I kicked him out because I was tired. I was done. I was through. I was at a lot of the end of my ropes. And because of everything that he had helped to facilitate from my programming, I went on a crash diet again. And probably part of that crash diet was a lot of depression. <laughs> and I lost a lot of weight, like to the point where I was happy that I could buy an outfit from Victoria's Secret and not the underwear. It was like a couple of dresses and stuff. I was ecstatic. And then I was starting to get noticed. I cut my hair because it was the Halle Berry kind of short pixie kind of cut thing going on. I cut my hair, did a lot of stuff to make myself feel pretty. Well, years later down the line, I have regained all that weight back and then some. So there I, there I was again at a size this time 22. And it wasn't until I was tw a size 22, 1822, 18222 and my 50th birthday that I said, something's got to be done because now it's relating to health it has nothing to be about pretty. You know, everybody in my family had gotten diabetes, high blood pressure. My parents are now, were now deceased. Both of them dying from complications of that. Both of my siblings having it. And so now I'm worried about, am I going to come down with the same affliction? So I had to reprogram my mind and I had to tell myself, it's not too late. You're not too old. You can get in shape and you can do this. Has nothing to be, had nothing to do with you being pretty. It has everything to do about your health. And I had to hold on to that. And I had to tell myself that over and over and over. You're not too old. You're not too old. You're not too old. You are in shape. You are in shape. You are not too old. So I began to work on myself using that mantra. And it worked. It stopped the programming that I had for the last 35 years and put in new programming that allowed me to be successful. Now, am I where I need to be? No, I'm like that last 20 to 30 pounds that I really, when they say the last 20 pounds is hard, they're not lying. <laughs> they're not lying. But I know what to do and I know how the work needs to go and I am not too old to do, to accomplish where I want to be. So I said all of that to have you think about what's in your mind. What's the story that has been playing over and over and over and over again that has not allowed you to get to the place where you want to be? Because 
Let's be real, sis. Diamond, you are something that's exquisite and rare. You can get there. When you activate your feminine energy, we're all about creating. I was listening to a, to another mentor tonight and she was talking about that. We as women, our feminine energy is very creative. But it's not going to be creative if we kept, keep telling it a story that she's not. So I want to encourage you to think about what have you been telling yourself? If it's the weight that you need to lose, stop saying I need to lose weight because every time we need to lose weight, we go around and we find it again. Anything you lose, you find. How about I am releasing the excess weight. When you release something, you let it go. So how about releasing it? How about using that feminine energy that you have to reprogram who you are as a woman and become more creative? How about using that? You might have an idea that you have wanted to birth into existence. And come on, diamonds, we birth things. We birth babies. We birth things. We create things. We hold things and give them birth. What if there's an idea that you've been wanting to do? Maybe you've wanted to start your own business. Maybe you've wanted to become something that's totally different, a total different career than what you're in right now. Maybe you want to go back to school and learn more to better who you are currently. But what has your mind been telling you? Are you hearing that it's too late? You can't sit in a classroom? Diamond, there's so many virtual classrooms right now that you can sit in. What if you've been wanting to write a book? You have a story to tell. You have a testimony that could go in a book that would help someone else. But because you have chosen to say, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know the first thing about writing a book. Honey, everything is figureoutable. You can figure it out. You will know. There's a little voice inside of you that says, write the book. There are women waiting on you and you're holding your gift to yourself when your gift is meant to be shared. It's not meant to be coveted. It's meant to be shared because there's someone else that can benefit from your gift. It's just like me. I didn't know the first thing about podcasting and the story that was playing in my head that my subconscious girl got was that, girl, nobody's going to listen to your podcast. Nobody cares about what you say.
so I had put it off for a long time. And so I would say, I would say, examine what's in your head. Go inward. Write down, take a piece of paper. Here, something tangible for you to do. Take a piece of paper and write down all of the stories that the lies, let's call them what they are. You know, let's let's do like Yanla says, call a thing a thing. Write down all of the lies that you have told yourself of who you're not. Write them all down. Write them all. I'm not pretty. I'm not worthy. I'm never going to find the love of my life. Write all those stories down. Those lies. Write them down. And then I want you to take another piece of paper. And well, let's let's deal with paper number one. Once you have written all of those things, tear it up. Burn it up. Throw it in the garbage. And when you do that, say, I am not any of this. This is not who I am. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take another piece of paper. And I want you to write who you are becoming. I am the wife of a very prominent man who loves me. I am a millionaire. I am a CEO. I am in the best shape of my life. I am a gorgeous woman. I am unstoppable. I am very feminine. I am attracting the love of my life. I am what you have to be before you can do or have. You have to be it first. And then once you've written it down, record it on your phone. We all have a phone. Girl, sis, we all got smartphones. So let's use the technology. Record your I am statements and listen to them three times a day. In the morning when you're getting ready, maybe on your lunch hour, and then before you go to bed. And then just keep playing them. And before long, all of that I am is going to start manifesting and you're going to start seeing it. And when you start seeing it, that you're, you're that, you can do the things. I am an author. I am a New York Times bestselling author. Before you know it, you will be a New York Times bestselling author. So sis, girl, diamond, let's not let that conscious factual mind, the one that just can see, hear, you know, she's, she's a part of the five senses, okay? What she sees, what she hears, what she tastes, what she thinks, what she remembers, you know, all of that stuff, that's our conscious mind. 
but let's start feeding our subconscious mind. Because when we feed her, her brilliance will tell that conscious woman, hush your face, be quiet, hush your mouth, honey, because this is who I am and you're going to be it. And if you do that for yourself, sis, you're going to watch your life change before your very eyes. So that's all I have for you, my diamonds. I just want you to look at what's in your mind. What's in your mind? Write down everything, the lies that you've been told and you've told yourself. Burn that paper to the ground, girl. And then start telling yourself who you will be. Because you already am. I already am. This magnificent, sophisticated woman, I already am. A New York Times bestselling author, I already am a podcaster with one of the number one shows for women in wellness and self-care. I already am that. And when you already are, that's where you'll be. So thank you for listening, Diamond. And I want you to go out and I want you to shine bright. Shine bright because you are a diamond. Thank you for listening to The Diamond Life.